the first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there, and the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen. But we won't get there without you. Visit ALZ.org to join the fight. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung, and I'm joined by my co-host Los. Hey everybody, week five, five weeks in, uh, almost halfway through the uh, regular season of fantasy, you know, uh, how's your team's doing, Mung? Man, I'm, uh, I'm struggling this season. I've, I've suffered just a ton of injuries on my teams and just weird weeks where I get crushed by random bad teams that just go off for 110 points, 120 points, something like that. But uh, yeah, got to power this through. Is a, this is a terrible week for me. Uh, my my important teams I'm losing in, and my my well, no, my my best team lost, my worst team won, and then the team in your league is just I I don't know what's going to happen. It depends on Cameron Artis pain. Yeah, and uh, as usual, some surprising teams are coming out of nowhere to get some scrappy wins, while other preseason playoff favorites are just crashing and burning. So we will see. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's just how the NFL goes. Hmm. So, unfortunately, I was traveling most of the day yesterday. I uh, wasn't able to catch too much of the action, but uh, I did want to give a quick shout-out to the guy that I was sitting next to at the airport who had NFL Red Zone on his phone and offered to place it between us so I could watch. So, thank you to him, and uh, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Certainly uh, they do not. Yeah, and also switching gears here, a little more serious, uh, I just wanted to say real quick, let everybody know that today is World Mental Health Day. If you or a friend or a family member or anyone you know really is struggling with anxiety or depression, any sort of mental health disorder, please don't be afraid to ask for help. There is no shame in seeking help to get through difficult times, and I guarantee that your friends and family are not going to judge you for it. Uh, you are not alone, and there are plenty of ways for you to get better. Um, so yeah, just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. Um, and then a quick note there, uh, let's get back to football and we will get so, to, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, just social awareness. We, we love, we love helping the world at the, at the FFA podcast. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's an important issue that uh, doesn't get talked about too much and it was brought to my attention earlier today. So I figured I would share with everybody. I believe uh, Illinois 35th in America in, uh, in mental health awareness. Uh, you, you know, honestly, that doesn't shock me, uh, given all our other issues as well. But um, yep. all right, let's get back to football. And uh, this week's Gillette Close Shave of the Week on the road <laughs> at Denver, Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan stared down the barrel of a tough Super Bowl winning Broncos defense. Keeping his cool, Ryan threw for 267 yards and a touchdown on the day. But more importantly, he was able to protect the football and avoided turning the ball over, distributing it well to his receiving options efficiently all game and coming out of the Mile High City with a gritty 23-16 road win. Get your close shave like Matt Ryan with Gillette Razors, our best blades for a few dollars a month, fresh blades delivered to your door, no commitments. Yeah, living up to his uh, his old nickname, Matty Ice, just ice ice water in his veins. No uh, no jitters, just torched that not torched, but you know they they beat up Denver. Yeah, just uh, and speaking of Denver, they will be playing on a short week Thursday night at San Diego, and um, yeah, I, I guess we've seen why uh, Trevor Simeon has been starting over Paxton Lynch thus far. 
Yeah, Lynch was about as played about as well as I expected. But I, I can you honestly say you would have expected a different outcome with, if Simeon was in this game? I don't. I don't really think so. Um, the surprise for me here really was how well Atlanta bottled up C.J. Anderson. Uh, I'm not expecting Lightning to strike twice on that front. He's an RB one for me versus San Diego. Um, Booker got a little more work this week. Six carries versus CJ Anderson's 11 and about five catches, I think out of the backfield. Um, but they threw more than they expected to have to this game got thrown off of their game plan a little bit. Uh, they're going to go back to back to basics next week or this coming week against San Diego. Yeah, so early reports are that Trevor Simeon should be ready and be back as the starting quarterback for this game. Um, However, head coach Gary Kubiak won't be in this game due to complications to his migraine condition. Uh, Went to the hospital yesterday, but it shouldn't impact Denver too much from a fantasy perspective. Certainly wishing uh, the best for Coach Kubiak there. Um, In terms of Simeon, I think he should be a decent streaming quarterback, actually, if you've got bye week issues. Uh, San Diego certainly not the scariest of defenses. And then their run defense isn't great either. So as you said, even though the Broncos are struggling on the offensive line, start C.J. Anderson. Um, Devontae Booker, I, I think he's nearing the high-priority handcuff area mm-hmm. for me. Um, certainly he's already getting a lot of work. And, and if anything were to happen to C.J. Anderson, who has struggled with injuries in the past, I think Booker would be a, a potential league winner there. They already show that they like using him in the past game. So definitely if CJ Anderson were to go down, he would be, he's most definitely the handcuff, not expecting much of a split of carries there. Yeah. Booker's career didn't uh, get started off on the right foot, fumbling on his first carry. But uh, since then he's shown a lot of improvement and I I think he would be good enough to maintain fantasy value. Hey, that happens to the best of them. Look at David Wilson. Oh no, don't look at David Wilson. (laughs) Oh, that's a whole different story, but um, <laughs> the wide receivers here, too, should be fine. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, and the other thing, really, is I think that Virgil Green coming back eventually will help this offense as a whole. Even though he wasn't super involved in the receiving game, um, he's a great blocker, and I think that's going to help out C.J. Anderson a lot as well. If he's back and healthy this game, I would consider throwing Virgil Green as a start this game. I was trying to think of somebody um, to add against the San Diego secondary. You know, San Diego, New Orleans, um, Oakland. You can start basically everybody that that uh, you would like to on offense against them. But uh, nobody really tickled me that well on this Denver offense, um, except for possibly uh, Virgil Green. Yeah, we saw Jeff Hireman get a little bit involved, but he's just not that great at football. Um, and we saw that. Uh, well, and we saw that Atlanta figured out how to attack this Denver defense, but I'm not so sure that San Diego is going to have the same success here. No, they don't have the same type of dynamic running backs. Um, Rivers, of course, I think he's an underrated quarterback perennially. He's he's perennially underdrafted, um, but I, I still fear for him versus Denver. Ryan's success was in large part, as you alluded to, due to the running back usage. Um, Julio Jones was actually held only two catches. Um, Melvin Gordon, not nearly as dynamic as the the names Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman are. That That's for sure. Um, Benjamin and Williams both take a step back for me this game as well after phenomenal games versus Oakland. Just that Denver secondary, like I said, with Julio, uh, you really can't expect much here. Um, Even these tight ends, uh, Henry and Gates were both getting plenty of field time. Uh, Gates' return didn't really take that much away from Hunter Henry's production on the day. Um, But Atlanta's tight ends last week were held to a combined three catches for 28 yards between the three tight ends. I'm avoiding 
the tight ends this weekend on San Diego. Um, Gordon has the best chance to score the highest of San Diego players this game outside of Rivers, of course, just because it's just a perfect storm for a uh, lack of success for this team. Yeah, I, I like Melvin Gordon this week. He should still be okay. Running backs have found success against Denver running up the middle and through the air. Um, you know, don't love any of the wide receivers, but I, I guess Inman or Williams over Benjamin here certainly don't see too many deep shots going in this game. And I actually disagree with you on the tight ends. I, I think that Gates and Henry are both tight end twos with upside. Um, we, we saw that the linebacking core is really struggling for Denver. That's their weak area. And really, uh, at, to your point, you know, Melvin Gordon isn't as dynamic of a receiver as Tevin Coleman. Um, and then certainly, you know, I think that the tight ends could actually attack that middle area of the field pretty well. Okay. Um, I'm taking Denver here. Yeah, I'm taking Denver here as well, but I'm avoiding them in a survivor league. You really want good picks this at this point in the season, week six. It's a Thursday night game. It's a divisional game. It's at San Diego. I just can't. Yeah, I could, I could see a game script where San Diego uh, wins, but I'm still taking Denver. Yes, sir. Hey, they're NFL players. You know, all you need is one. You know, CJ Anderson goes down or something. Well, no, I guess you would want you'd need like Von Miller or something on the defense. Regardless, next game. Next game, San Francisco at Buffalo. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the San Francisco yeah. team is, is struggling. There's reports that Colin Kaepernick may be uh, considered for a starting QB change pretty soon. And uh, we'll see. Yeah, Gabbert was absolutely stymied versus the Arizona defense. Uh, one touchdown, um, two interceptions. Buffalo is is getting after bad quarterbacks, and they will continue to do that. Uh, I think Buffalo, if they're unowned, which I think they're unowned in one of my leagues, I think they'd be an excellent uh, defense to start this week. Um, Hyde, in his steadiness, is creeping into low end running back one territory for me. Um, he just keeps producing, keeps putting up steady numbers, not necessarily a touchdown every week, but tacked on another 78 yards on the ground and touchdown and uh, 36 yards through the air. Um, I think it's time to take Jeremy Curley seriously as a PPR option. Uh, he's a wide receiver three or flex in PPR for me. Three, uh, what do you have? 13 catches? No, three targets. I, I, I miswrote the number, of course. Uh, I don't think he had 13 catches, but if he did, I know he had 102 yards and a touchdown. Um, Gabbert just kept looking for him. What do you think? Uh, I'm not quite there with you on Jeremy Curley. Um, I, I get that he gets a ton of the target share. He had eight catches uh, on 13 targets is what it was. But That's what it is. Um, there are just games where he disappears. The San Francisco offense is inconsistent. Um, you know, Hyde is a legit low-end RB1. He's got the talent, and he's one of the few workhorse backs left in the league. But... I just I can't trust Blaine Gabbert and, and he just his he's off target so much of the time that even when the targets are there for Curly, sometimes he just gets shut down and there's nothing there. Um I think he's matchup dependent, certainly worth streaming. Uh I don't know that he's a must own for me, even in PPR. Uh and the other thing is the target share for all the receivers could change if Colin Kaepernick takes over under center. Um I, th I think right now it's kind of a wait and see for me on Jeremy Curley, uh, only in deeper leagues, maybe a 14 team or a 16 team league. Uh, certainly he would be very startable there. Uh, and then the one other thing I want to talk about with San Francisco is maybe it's time to preemptively pick up Colin Kaepernick. If you play in a super flex oh. or two QB league. 
Oh, okay. Super flex, sure. If you're if you're throwing yeah, another not quarterback, in, uh, not on a regular ten or twelve team league. Yeah, okay. Uh, the I just I I don't mean to hammer further on these San Francisco players, but the game flow and get Jeremy Curley these past three weeks, he's been increasing in his usage, increasing targets, and it looked like they were designed pass plays to him a lot of the times this week. That's the only reason I, I really think he's worth mentioning in a deep PPR. Yeah. Um. Again, for me, I don't think I like him quite as much as you, but definitely the opportunity is there. Yep. Uh, Buffalo side of the football, this defense got all over Los Angeles. Uh, they were and they were supported by an inefficient but effective uh, Tyrod Taylor, mostly uh, LaShawn McCoy. McCoy throw uh, attacking on 18 carries for 150 yards with another eight yards through the air. Taylor had 28 uh, yards of rushing on top of two passing touchdowns. They they basically did better than expected against uh, the LA Rams defense. I'm expecting a near identical game plan this week with McCoy, the only reliable offensive threat uh, again, stacking up against a, um, a good, not great San Francisco defense, certainly not as good as LA's, but certainly not as bad as a lot of people think. Um, Taylor was unable to connect on his deep throws with anybody this week, which really was the difference maker in the yardage uh, yardage produced at quarterback, but he didn't really need to connect clearly to seal the victory. Yeah, for me, McCoy is back to weekly top five running back status. He's just playing on a whole level, excuse me, a whole nother level right now. Um, and I don't know that I trust Tyrod Taylor just yet, but he's a high end QB two against a San Francisco defense that can be beaten through the air. And he he always has that upside due to his rushing ability. Um, the the one pass catcher I wanted to talk about is actually Charles Clay. He's becoming a decent streaming tight end option this week. Uh, his targets have gone up considerably. Now that Sammy Watkins has gone to IR, I think that um, Tyrod Taylor sort of relies on Clay uh, when he can't find anybody else. Um, and I don't love any of the wide receivers as none of them have really separated themselves from the pack. And it's kind of going to be a guessing game each week who's going to get that deep bomb. Yeah, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I'll take Buffalo here. Give me the Buffalo Bills to uh, take a fourth fourth win in a, in a row, right? Or three. Yeah, and everybody was ripping on uh, Rex Ryan firing Greg Roman, and since then they've really turned it around. I, it, it's bizarro. It's absolutely bizarro. It makes no sense. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, if it works, it works, right? If it works, it works. It'll all come crashing down. I mean, the I, road... can't, I just can't wait for the Patriots Buffalo matchup. That's all I'm waiting for. But we'll get there when we get there. I was just gonna say the the road to the AFC East title is still through New England. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Uh, Philly at Washington. Uh, Carson Wentz looked mortal, and uh, the whole team really underperformed coming out of their bye week. Looked like they were still asleep instead of raring to go. And yeah, uh, in terms of the running backs, for me, it still sprawls over Matthews right now. Uh, and it's interesting that Wendell Smallwood didn't even touch the ball this week, but uh, I don't know that Ryan Matthews is going to stay healthy. So certainly keep your eye on Smallwood on the waiver wire. Um, I just don't know what happened in this game. Yeah, th- these are bound to happen anytime you have a rookie quarterback. I mean, he came out hot. He looked really, really good. I'm expecting a game like this from Dak Prescott in the near future. It's just, it's just what happens. It happens to the best quarterbacks. It happens to Drew Brees. It happens to it. It happens to Tom Brady sometimes. Um, Carson Wentz, 
you know, he's okay. He's going to be just fine. And it'll be just fine against Washington. Likely. Um, the one thing of concern to me, um, Matthews seemed to take a step back in this offense, not Ryan, but, uh, the Jordan Matthews, um, four catches for 65 yards, whereas Aguilar and Doriel green Beckham, both were increased in usage. Um, I would stash DGB just in a deep league. He's huge athletic who doesn't love that? I mean, I'm not starting him this week or next likely, but if he breaks out, he's he could be a bona fide superstar in this league. Um, but the spreading the ball around, much like happens in um, New Orleans, much like happens in Washington, is is going to be hurting Jordan Matthews' value going forward if Aguilar and Doriel Green Beckham do take the necessary steps that we think they're going to. Uh, I'm not I'm not as worried about Jordan Matthews as you are. I think he's still a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three right now. Um it was just a bad game overall for Philadelphia. I'm not I'm not gonna read too much into this game uh and unless we see it become more of a pattern. Uh for me, Zach Ertz is still a high end tight end two. Those red zone targets are there. Just again, this whole team struggled this week. Um and then in terms of the defense, uh, I still like them. I'll be starting them in a league against Washington this week. Uh, as I added them off the waiver wire last week, but if they struggle again versus Washington, uh, maybe back to streaming status instead of uh, you know a, a startable weekly defense. Yeah, I don't like them here against Washington. I, I think I see Philadelphia winning, but in a shootout. Really? Okay. Um, well, I, I guess you like Kirk Cousins this week then. <laughs> I I do. But, you know, I like her cousins every week, of course. Uh, he was average in this performance and will definitely need to improve. He did not look good as he needed to against Baltimore. And the team itself didn't really look that good either. They got a second win in a row with significant help from their special teams, which, granted, that's one third of the team. Sure, whatever. That doesn't matter for fantasy. If it wasn't for a Jameson Crowder uh, punt return touchdown, they would have been out of this game against Baltimore. Um, that said, Washington at home plays better at home. He should be able to keep feeding Jordan Reed, who Reed was basically the only guy of note in this game. Eight catches, 11 yards, uh, eight catches on 11 targets for 53 yards. No touchdown there. Um, Matt Jones, 14 carries for 31 yards, still low on running back two. He's getting the most running back work by a significant margin in terms of carries where Kelly and Thompson keep cannibalizing, 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 almost turned it into something else, um, each other in uh, the PPR league. So I, I really can't advocate towards using them. Um, this week, I'm not starting any of the three, Deshaun Jackson, Jamison Crowder, Pierre Garçon. There's just, they're just too spread out. Um, I think Deshaun Jackson is still the guy there. Uh, if you had to pick one, he's a boom bust wide receiver three. He only needs one or two catches to make your fantasy day. Um, Matt Jones, he's he's emerged as the guy as well in terms of the backfield, and he should be a high-end RB3 or flex option going forward. But I actually like Chris Thompson in this matchup. We saw Theo Riddick just rip apart Philadelphia through the air, and I, I think that Washington may get get a few screens involved for Thompson and maybe a little bit more receiving work than even usual for him. How can you be sure that's not going to be Kelly's role? Um, I, I still think that Thompson is a better, uh, speedier option over Rob Kelly. Um, personally for me, if I had to pick one, it would be Thompson. Uh, certainly it could be Rob Kelly, but uh, I guess I, I think that they still rely on Thompson a little bit more on those uh, high leverage snaps. Yeah, I would I would just pray not to. I think there's a lot of better options uh, that are number three wide receivers and things on other teams that have higher higher upside this week. Okay. Um I'll take Philly here. Uh yeah, give me the Eagles. <laughs>
All right, next game here is going to be Cleveland at Tennessee. Uh, Cleveland's just a mess as usual. Uh, Cody Kessler. Hey, really, really good news. Good news, though. Cody Kessler's uh, rib x-rays were negative, um, if that matters at all. Uh, Charlie Whitehurst is not much worse, in my opinion, than Cody Kessler. Um, one problem with the uh, running back situation, Duke Johnson got minimal looks this week, despite being far down. Uh, on the scoreboard to New England the entire game. He's been trending down his usage. Um, he's he's riding the pines. He's on the bench for me for now. Crowell is completely dominating the backfield work, even in passing downs. Um, on this team, I'd start Terrell Pryor, but temper expectations against Tennessee, who's who's an underrated defense. Pryor and Crowell is really the only. Uh, what do you think about Barnage this week? I, I don't even love him. I like him. I think he's a low-end tight end one. Uh, however, he did leave the game against New England with an ankle injury, so something to monitor here. I, I think if he plays, he's been getting plenty of targets, and uh, he'll convert them. There you go. Um, Tennessee side here, uh, Marcus Mariota, after doing nothing for three, four straight weeks, just beasting against Miami, showing how terrible Miami's defense really is. Uh, and Cleveland's defense really isn't that much better. Uh, but for me, Mariota's still just a high-end QB2 here. Wouldn't expect the stars to align again for him with all the rushing yards and the rushing touchdown that he got last week. But I do think he'll do all right through the air against Cleveland. And DeMarco Murray, just a top six or seven running back right now with all the touches he's getting. So many rushes. So, so many rushes. Um, I still feel that uh, for that exact reason, Derrick Henry is a must-own. For uh, Demarco Murray owners, um, and even if you know, if, he's, if you see him sitting there and you have an open bench slot, Demarco Murray is the sort of guy that's going to break down. He's only had about two seasons in his career where he hasn't missed time, and in those games where he's out, this team runs so much that Demar uh, Derrick Henry would definitely easily slot in as a running back one, um, unless it's a matchup against you know a crazy defense or something like that. Of course, um, still no wide receiver stepping up on this team. Uh, the 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 talent at wide receivers, even allowing the should be retired Andre Johnson to step up and outshine them, uh, get another touchdown, which is just absolutely crazy to me after what we saw from him uh, last year. Uh, Delaney Walker, week in, week out, is a tight end one for me. Yeah, um, Walker's a low end tight end one. Targets are there, but he also has weeks where he kind of disappears. He'll be fine against Cleveland, though. And uh, Derrick Henry, uh, like you said, he's a giant among boys, and he is uh, he's an RB1 uh, if anything happens to Murray. I'll take the home team, Tennessee. Uh, give me Tennessee against against the terrible Tannehills. He needs to get benched or something. He needs a wake-up call. Uh, I think Matt Moore may see the field soon enough, so we'll see. Uh, but we'll get there. Um, Baltimore at New York is the next game. Uh, yeah, just an uninspiring loss here. And after that debacle, they fired offensive coordinator Mark Tressman and promoted quarterbacks coach Marty Mornweg. So uh, we'll see how the offense looks. Yeah, uh, the main takeaway from this from this game essentially is that Terrence West uh, dominated the backfield, eleven carries for ninety five yards, uh, two catches for negative six yards. Um, he's he's an RB two for me this week, getting the most significant work. Um, but do be wary of uh, of Kenneth Dixon's reemergence as he gets uh, more healthy. The other main takeaway from this game, Steve Smith hurt. Um, you knew it had to happen at some point. We don't know the status of him just yet. Um, 
one of these wide receivers is going to have to step up. Nobody did this game. Um, Brashad Perriman may be worth a, a deep, deep league roll of the dice or something just because it's against the Giants and they're going to have to score a lot on offense. Um, but I think that the answer here, even though Tressman's gone, I do think the answer is still probably Dennis Pitta as to who's going to have to step up next. Yeah, I agree. Uh, West is a low in RB2 for now. We'll see how much Dixon eats into the touches for this backfield. Uh, monitor Steve Smith's uh, ankle injury, but it didn't look too serious, and he has that freakish ability to recover year after year. So if he's healthy enough to play, he's a high-end wide receiver three. Uh, the Giants really struggled to contain Randall Cobb out of the slot, and Steve Smith could do very well as well. Um, and if Smith can't go, uh, certainly expect Pitta to absorb some of those intermediate targets again and benefit there, especially in PPR. Um, I, I don't love Perriman outside of deep leagues, but I will say that uh, watching the game, those I was uh, traveling back from the D.C. area, so it was one of the few games I was able to watch. Um, Perriman actually had a long touchdown that was called as a touchdown on the field, but they reversed the call because he didn't get that second foot in. So definitely, uh, certainly could have a big game, uh, just question of when. I wish I could say Kamara Aiken with certainty. He makes the most sense. He's the he's the style receiver that makes the most sense here, in my opinion. But he hasn't done anything this year. Yeah, that's that's one of the great mysteries. Uh, he was, I mean, he he was never a, a superb talent, but he had enough chemistry last year with Flacco, and now he just has completely disappeared. I don't know, but moving on. Uh, New York Giants just terrible, terrible Sunday night game against Green Bay here. Ugh. Eli looks like crap. There's there's no two ways about it. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with him right now. I think right his now. receivers... I mean, the plays were there Sorry. against Green Bay, and he was just off target. Yeah, he, he just can't make it work. Uh, what they need to do is get some closer targets, so, some not as downfield. Get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Get you know Throw some, throw some bubble screens or something you know, to, to Odell Beckham, like they do to Demarius Thomas. He doesn't have a good quarterback out there, but he makes it work. He catches the ball, makes a move and runs for 80 yards. I think Odell Beckham could make that make very similar plays. And Sterling Shepard has, has the sort of talent to work underneath as well. Yeah. And it's not even the depth of targets for Eli though. He had some quick out routes, uh, you know, short to intermediate targets that he just missed on. And, you know, Odell Beckham is still a must start wide receiver. One made another phenomenal catch in the back of the end zone. Got, got that second foot down somehow. Um, and then actually he went to hug the, uh, the kickers net afterwards to make up, uh, to make up with the net. That was pretty funny enjoyed that um but you still gotta start he's a clown but go on now i I love odell beckham i don't know i don't know why all the hate is uh is piling up on him for his supposed attitude problems uh you know he's he's a guy who's young and, and he gets fired up and yeah he shouldn't be doing some of the things that he did but i don't know why the debate is so extensive over it do you know when a better time to be celebrating would be and make a spectacle of yourself with the with the net and everything? How about when you're actually winning a football game? That that way, you know, it sort of looks like there's a semblance of of thought inside you that it's about the team and not all just about Odell Beckham. Sure, that's fair, but I, I, I'm talking in terms of a, a fantasy option here because I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't okay. know why that that has changed people's opinions of him as a fantasy option. You know, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. You know, they they were never the most mature candidates on on the field, but they still produced, and and the numbers are what matter for fantasy. 
you're buying a set of numbers. You're not buying the actual person. Um, although I, I do have, you know, some, sometimes I do let my, my morality seek in, uh, seep in. And I will step up uh, for Tara, stand up for Terrell Owens. He was never an issue on the field, but he was always an issue off the field. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Let's, let's move off OBJ and uh, yep. continue on here. Shepard should be a decent flex play in fantasy this week, but Eli just needs to be more accurate. So we'll see if he makes that happen. Um, there hasn't been any injury concerns that I know of. Uh, I don't know if he's just reaching his age barrier, uh, you know, faster <laughs> than Peyton did. So we'll see how his, his season continues. Uh, he's, he's a droppable quarterback right now. Personally, I think he'll turn it around, but uh, I understand if you need, you know, bench space by weeks coming up. Um, and then the tight ends here, even if Larry Donnell still out with the concussion, I would avoid them. We saw that they split the snaps between Will Ty and Jarrell Adams. Uh, the one thing I will say is Jarrell Adams is an interesting name to monitor in Dynasty, as he's a, he has a pretty athletic profile, and uh, he was touted coming out of school. So we'll see if he gets an opportunity with Donnell sidelined. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, this this may just be a bad Eli year. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on is the running back situation. Jennings may be back this week, which could cloud the picture for Darkwa and Perkins even further. Um, neither were very effective this game, of course, um, but that should not change the role for Bobby Rainey, who's getting essentially all of the passing down back work and is a PPR flex with upside. Yeah, Rainey's the only guy I want here. Uh, the rest is just a mess. I, I think Jennings uh, gets his quote-unquote starting job back and gets most of the carries once he's back, but I just don't know how much that's worth. Yeah. Uh, give me the Giants. Give me the Giants at home for one and, uh, you know, new offensive coordinator for Baltimore and just the talent, you know, at the lateral portions of the field. These wide receivers will overmatch those corners. Yeah. Um, next game up, Carolina at New Orleans. Uh, early reports are that uh, they are optimistic Jonathan Stewart will be ready next week against New Orleans. Uh, if he plays, he's a low-end RB2 with upside against a pretty porous New Orleans run defense. Uh, similarly, Cam Newton should return. And I think that this AFC South showdown is going to be somewhat of a shootout. Uh, both secondaries are pretty suspect and Benjamin's a solid wide receiver, too, for me, and Greg Olson is, as always, a top-five tight end. Yeah, depending on what we see in this um, uh, this game tonight against Tampa Bay, if another wide receiver steps up or even shows a semblance of, of wanting to claim the job as the, the number two wide receiver, I would probably give them a roll of the dice against New Orleans. You know, that's a bad secondary. That, that breeds a lot of fantasy success. If Stewart's in, definitely play him. Um, if he's not, uh, that's another thing to monitor, the workload between Fozzie Whitaker and Cameron Artis Payne for this week. Uh, but even if Cam Newton's not back this week, and I think he's even more of a lock to play than Jonathan Stewart is, um, I, I, think, I think I'd even go out on a limb and say Derek Anderson's probably a good enough play too. Yeah, um... I, I He's think, not exciting, but anybody against... I'll put you out there against New Orleans. You'll score a touchdown. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Derek Anderson. I just think that Cam will be back. Um, and I actually think that, you know, they they are saying that they want Cam to play a little bit more conservative, you know, watch his health. Um, so maybe this could be a good thing for Jonathan Stewart. We'll see. Uh, I hope not, because I, you get in there and, and you have a quarterback and you try and change their style of play, and, and it just fails so many times. Um, I, I think that was a big part of the downfall of Robert Griffin III, outside of the injuries, of course, but he just doesn't translate as the type of quarterback that isn't going to go out there and get injured. 
Yeah, uh, I'm just saying something to monitor could uh, increase Stewart's value if that does prove true. Uh, at least, uh, you know, a couple snaps here and there around the goal line, and, you know, that could translate to two, three extra touchdowns a year for him. It's going to be Mike Tolbert, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> that would not shock me. Um, New Orleans side here, uh, Drew Brees at home should be fine. Um, Ingram, low-end RB1 or a high-end RB2. Uh, as long as uh, John Kuhn doesn't vulture any more touchdowns here. And then all the receiving options should be decent against a Carolina secondary that's struggling. They cut Ben Ben Wickery, and I don't know that James Bradbury and Daryl Worley are the answer either. Maybe Josh Norman really was that good. Um, I don't think so. I think part of the problem is... I, mean, I don't think so either. They're still getting They're still getting pressure with the defensive line, but not quite to the extent that they were last year. And, and Norman obviously is an upgrade over any of the guys they have now, but I think he also benefited from having a very strong defensive line and didn't have to cover for nearly as long. And I think that's why we've seen him struggle a little bit with Washington. Yeah, long long term, I think Carolina's going to be okay. But, but for this game, this is a perfect timing where you can jump on him. Now, if this was the uh, game at Carolina with uh, with New Orleans, which is coming up in a in a few, uh, you know, in the future, uh, no, nowhere near as optimistic in that one. Yeah, um, I will take New Orleans at home. Uh, give give me your defending NFC champion Carolina Panthers. Although I'd love to see the uh, results of this Tampa Bay game first. Maybe maybe I'm off my hinges, but I just don't think that 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 defense can fall that far that quickly. Yeah, I just. Uh... I think New Orleans is, is has had time to prepare a little bit with the bye, and I think that they've That's got, a good point. Yeah, I, I just think that they're going to come out uh, come out hot at home against Carolina. They're zero and four, aren't they? Uh, yeah. or are they one and three? You know, I'm not. No, they won. Positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're one and three. I don't think they're winless. Yeah. Well, either way. Um. Take it back home to sweet home Chicago for us. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville at Chicago. Uh, this last week, I don't know what's going on, but we'll get to Chicago in a second. Uh, Blake Bortles uh, certainly will be a fine streaming quarterback option against the bad Chicago secondary. Um, I don't, I don't know that you can bench Allen Robinson, especially against Chicago. Don't love Hearns. Um, I think Julius Thomas and Allen Robinson are the only two really reliable pass-catching options right now for the Jaguars. I do like Allen Hearns this game. Uh, the Jacksonville uh, defense has shown it's not as good as, uh, not as improved as we thought it might have been in the offseason. And Brian Hoyer is a significant upgrade to Jay Cutler. I, I don't care. There's a significant, there's a quarterback controversy in Chicago. Brian Hoyer is better than Jay Cutler, and it pains me to say as a Cutler guy, unfortunately. And Chicago has found weapons. Uh, I don't know where they dug it, what, what hole they dug them out from, but they found weapons. Uh, Jacksonville's going to have to throw throw the ball a ton. It's going to be a game like last uh, like last year. I think that should preserve Yeldon's value. I think Ivory's a decent start this week even. Um, I, I, I just think Jacksonville's going to need a lot of offense this week. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... <sighs> I don't know about Alan Hearns specifically. We've seen that his production is really dependent on those long touchdowns that came somehow easily last year and as uh, you know, rightfully so has regressed uh, this season. And then TJ Yeldon, I still think he's the more talented running back over 
Chris Ivory, but uh, it's just a weird split right now. So I don't know that you can trust him either, even in PPR. Yeah. Um, I think if anybody's standing to get stopped or held held up a little bit this game, it might actually be Allen Robinson. Chicago's defense is bad. Don't get me wrong, but they've been playing up to their, to their opponents um, pr- pretty well, actually a lot better than you would expect them to. Yeah, um, and then on the Chicago side, I, I don't know that uh, Brian Hoyer is a better quarterback than Jay Cutler, um, but certainly for this week, uh, he put up numbers against Indianapolis, and Jacksonville is similarly bad. Yeah, he's he's better than Jay Cutler. There's there's no question about it. It just so happens he's making about twelve million less than Cutler. That's the only way. He, that's the only place he's losing to him in stats is he, his his uh, money lines lower. Yeah, and then uh, Jordan Howard uh, is the clear starter now. I don't know that Langford is getting this job back at all, uh, even when he does come back from his injury. And Kadeem Carey, we saw as a pure backup. He barely touched the ball. It's it's all Jordan Howard right now. He's a solid RB, too. Yeah, I expect them to, to work Langford back in. He may not lose, uh, Howard may not lose his job, but I do expect Langford to get a number of touches, greater than 25% of touches when he does get back. Um Meredith showed up this week to become the next guy to steal numbers from Alshon Jeffrey. Nine catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, wow. Who Who is this guy? I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I just... I, they need to target Alshon Jeffrey more. I, I know he was frustrated in that game, but at the same time, I, I think it's kind of like what we're seeing with Atlanta, that when you don't just rely on one receiver, it makes it more difficult for the opposing defense to figure out what you're trying to do. And Brian Hoyer is actually doing that. Uh, that said, I don't I don't know that he's a better quarterback than Jay Cutler, but I, I think for the purposes of, of fantasy, that he's certainly uh, detracting from Alshon Jeffrey's value. Um, I, I just... I don't know. I think it's a weekly guessing game between Royal and Meredith. I don't think that Cameron Meredith's ever going to have another game like that. Yeah, um, I think my point here is that Elshon Jeffrey to me is is not much better than a low end wide receiver too. When it's not Meredith getting th- twelve uh, nine catches on 12, uh, 12 targets, uh, Kevin White's over there getting getting fourteen targets, and Elshon Jeffrey. I don't know the last week where he's had ten targets. Yeah, and uh, you know, if it's not Cameron Meredith, then maybe it's Eddie Royal getting double-digit targets. Um, exactly. Royal, Royal himself had seven catches on nine for forty-three yards. Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey's just not getting it done. I don't know if he's not getting open, or if Hoyer just isn't pushing the ball to him, or if he's just being a more efficient, smart quarterback and not forcing the ball. That's what Jay does. He finds a receiver and he forces the ball to him between double, triple, quad coverage. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing, right? Brian Hoyer targeted DeAndre Hopkins 800 times last year. Um, so I don't know if he's just learned uh, not to. or I, I, don't, I really don't know what's going on, but I can't disagree with you that Alshon Jeffrey is nothing more than a low-end wide receiver, too, until we see him get more consistent targets and more targets in the red zone because right now a lot of that's going to Zach Miller as well. Um, he had a great game as well, and I, I think he's in that low-end tight end one status uh, as Brian Hoyer really likes him. Definitely an undervalued tight end. And in in that discourse, I just realized what it is. Elshon Jeffrey, um, contract year, they're trying to drive his value down. This is actually brilliant, a brilliant forward-thinking move from the uh, from the Bears' uh, uh, front office, which I, I I could have never imagined them doing. 
Yeah, um, I will take Chicago. How does that sound? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I'll take Chicago at home. Uh, give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. Traitor. You should call me a hater. <laughs> I, I called you a traitor, but close enough. Oh, traitor. Hey, I like the Jags. Oh, <laughs> I'm a Bears fan, aren't I? Well, I do like the Bears to lose. All right. Uh, I, I think they'll scrape out a, a victory at home here. Um, ne- next game, uh, Los Angeles at Detroit. Yeah, Keenum is ineffective. Uh, the wide receivers are unreliable in any semblance of consistency. Some of them had uh, nice numbers here. Don't let that fool you. Um, they they had to play catch up. They were throwing a lot. Avoid all of them except Todd Gurley. Uh, Gurley, 23 carries, 72 yards on the ground, threw another touchdown in uh, to his stats. Three catches for 36 yards of note here. Uh, the passing down back, Benny Cunningham, was out of the game uh, with a hamstring, which is nice for Gurley owners in a season. Um, now, this is irrelevant going forward in season and leagues, but if Cunningham is again out this coming week that could make uh, Gurley a better play in daily leagues as he'll get all those passing downs and get extra catches for you. Yeah. Um, that's just Gurley uh, on the ramps to talk about uh, Kenny Britt and Brian quick, both interesting for DFS, but uh, you know, the one week you need them in season long leagues, they're going to come up with a zero. Uh, that's just how it goes with the Rams. And Tavon Austin finally converted on some of his 800 targets that he, he's been getting every game. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know that you can trust him either. That said, Detroit, their secondary certainly isn't the best. So um, if you're desperate, Tavon Austin has a flex play in PPR. I could see it or, or any one of the wide receivers. I just don't know which one's going to be. Desperation. Reads contempt, and contempt leads to hate. Hate leads to anger. Anger leads to the dark side. (laughs) Well said. Okay, Detroit side here, uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, So, of course, uh, he's inconsistent as well. Uh, Somehow just did phenomenal last uh, this past week, uh, you know, when he's facing me on on different fantasy matchups. But, uh, you know, (laughs) that's okay. I'm not really surprised by this. He's a good quarterback. is he though? He's he's at times, but he is. He, I know you say this every year, and I say the opposite every year. He is a good quarterback. He's been on bad teams. Uh, he's he's Jay Cutler. He that, that's who he no, is. No, no, never, never spoil the name of Matt Stafford by using the using a comparison like that. Jay, Matt Stafford is tough, tough as nails. Will smack you in the face running downfield. He doesn't throw the ball in between three defenders. He's he's smart out there. He has a little more injury problems, but he's actually been more durable as of late in his career. Matthew Stafford is a healthier, uglier Jay Cutler. I'm sorry. No, um, they're, they're not even comparable. Look, he's just so inconsistent. Uh, I think he's still a, a high end QB two right now for the season, but uh, he just fades in, in games where he shouldn't. Uh, I don't know how to describe it other than that. I, I think he'll be fine in this this game against LA. They're, the Rams uh, are better against the run than against the pass, but I just I don't know that you can ever fully trust him. Uh, I think Theoretic is fine uh, in PPR. He'll be RB two. Uh, had a had a nice game against Philadelphia, and then Marvin Very Jones. Nice game. Uh, Marvin Jones had a phenomenal Odell Beckham like catch in the back of the end zone. Somehow got both feet down. Uh, I have no idea how, but uh, he's he's still a, a solid wide receiver to start. And then Anquan Bolden, uh, you know, he's he. Stafford likes to look for him and on third downs and in the red zone, but I don't know that he's anything more than a flex play. 
Yeah, I'd temper my expectations for him in L.A. Um, one one uh, sad part, it's one thing that I'll have to agree with you on now, um, Golden Tate is is droppable in a standard. Now, I, I told you I'd give him one more week, and then Jim Bob Cooter came out and said that they were going to work him hard. They did increase his usage. He got three carries, but... Um, you know, minimal, minimal effect, got three extra catches, but I'm, I'm going to hold on to him in my 16 team deep PPR league, but I'm certainly not starting him, but you know, 16 teams, there's almost nobody that's draftable. That's, that's droppable. Uh, Dwayne Washington might be back this game. There's no word yet out of Detroit. If he's not, um, Riddick is, he's the bell cow here right now. They tried with Zenner. Zenner was ineffective. Yeah, and uh, the one other thing to monitor is Eric Ebron. If he comes back, he's still a high-end tight end, too. Of course. I forgot about him, unfortunately. (laughs) Somehow. Um, I will take Detroit at home. Give me the home team. All right, next game here, Pittsburgh at Miami. Do we really need to talk about this? Uh, Pittsburgh, you're starting everybody. Oh, so good. Everybody's so solid. I think they're the, the main things I've mentioned are, uh, and I hope you listen to me preseason. This was Coates breakout game. He's shown up six catches, two touchdowns, 140 yards. They were looking for him. They were forcing the ball to him. They had design plays for him inside in the, in the red zone. This is an offense that is potent enough to support two wide receivers. And I think you start Sammy Coates going forward, especially in this game. Um, the new age outlaw, Jesse James, uh, tax on six catches for 43 yards and, and a touchdown the offense was clicking uh miami has no reason to stop them from clicking uh the only guy marcus wheaton if you're still waiting for him you can let him wait for you in free agency uh, he, he has no reason to be owned hasn't had a reason to be owned since week one week zero yeah uh i've, I've never waited for marcus wheaton um i i did last year but <laughs> there was less talent there last year yeah, um, I have nothing to add. You're starting everybody on Pittsburgh. Uh, they're one of the top two offenses in, in the league right now. Um, on the other side here, though, Miami, just a, another terrible game. I think the Ryan Tannehill experiment is just about over. Uh, I, I think Miami will be drafting a quarterback this season, uh, or this offseason, I should say. Um, well, I certainly hope they get more wins than Chicago does then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I agree with that for sure. Um, Yeah, uh, and then even Jarvis Landry hit a bad game, but you still have to start him, especially in PPR. He just gets so many targets. I think that he'll be he'll be fine. This was a bad game for Landry, but he'll bounce back. He he has that garbage time game script, even if this whole team uh, is struggling. I don't know what the heck Tannehill was doing doing this game. Granted, Tennessee is is an is a good defense, but no receiver no pass catcher tight end wide receiver had more than three targets and only jarvis landry had three catches now this team will need to throw a lot versus pittsburgh um i'd start landry i do think Devontae parker does become a flex in this just because of the uh the volume of passes that whoever is playing quarterback likely Tannehill again because i don't see them backing off him that quickly um but they're gonna need to be throwing the ball a lot uh only takeaway at running back is that ajayi or ajayi ajay that's a weird name um, is a guy to own for now. Uh, he's the one getting the bulk of the carries. He got a touchdown, 13 carries, 42 yards, but I really can't start him with any bit of confidence. And Foster, if Foster returns, that will go ahead and remove him from the equation again. Uh, I, I wouldn't start a Jai, but if, you, if you're really dying at running back, he's, he's the one to own. Yeah. Uh, give me Pittsburgh. Yes, absolutely. Steelers all day. 
All right, next game here, uh, Cincinnati at New England. And boy, I was wrong about this game against Dallas. I thought that they were going to control this game, that they were actually going to play good on defense, and that did not happen. Surprisingly poor showing versus Dallas. Um, th- this upcoming game feels like a game where uh, A.J. Green will take over, have two touchdowns, 150 yards, something crazy like that. But Cincinnati will still lose regardless. Uh, another another wrinkle is that Tyler Eifert may be back here. He's been missed dearly. Uh, Uzoma, five for five catches and for 40 yards in this last game. He's a reliable backup, but he is not Tyler Eifert, who, of course, led the league in touchdown receptions last year. Um, Cincinnati defense was getting torched, and the offense had to adjust. Uh, there were only 13 carries between Giovanni and Hill. Uh, not expecting that again. I expect this to be a big-time Giovanni-Bernard game. A lot of catches coming up. Uh, backfield without question um i might even consider brandon lafell i don't like his talent i don't you know believe in him but you know uh revenge game lafell versus new england there's always that narrative and then you're gonna have to throw the ball a billion times to keep pace with tom brady so he's he's the other guy he's the other guy on the other side of the field um yeah, a bunch I, I'm going to have to disagree with you on here, actually. Um, well, the first thing is uh, Jeremy Hill did leave the game last week uh, with a chest injury, so worth monitoring what's going on with him. Uh, if he's out or if he's limited, then Giovanni Bernard could be a, a high-end RB2 just for for dominating the touches in this game against New England. Um, I, I do like Brandon LaFell in, in this game against New England, not so much because of the revenge game script, because I actually don't love A.J. Green here. Uh, Bill Belichick does his best to shut down your strength. Um, he shuts down the opponent's best weapon, and then that's A.J. Green. I think that he's going to double, triple cover Green all, all, all game and force Andy Dalton basically to uh, beat them with their other weapons, and I think uh, it's going to be a Geo game, and it's, it's going to be a LaFell game. What did we disagree on? <laughs> Uh, you, you said you said you really like AJ Green for this, right? Oh, I do like I do like AJ Green this game. I guess I I was focused on the LaFell part. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think he's sure. actually going to be pretty limited here. Uh, I think again, the Patriots defense are going is going to focus on Green and force Dalton to beat them with LaFell and Boyd and whoever else. Sure. Uh, do you like Eifert if he plays? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think that. We'll have to see if he's ready. Uh, I don't know what the back injury was. It doesn't sound related to his ankle injury, but uh, it really depends if how healthy he is, really. If he's 100% go, then I think he'll be fine. He's a low-end tight end one immediately. All right. Uh, on the New England side of the football, they didn't exactly hand uh, hand out 50 points to Cleveland like I was projecting. Um, 33 was close enough to get the job done. 400 yards, three touchdowns for Tom Brady. Uh, the Gronk came back with a vengeance. Five catches on uh, seven targets for 109 yards. Great day, just no touchdown. I'm sure Gronkowski owners are very mad at, at uh, Martellus Bennett right now, who took three touchdowns on 67 yards. Um, start both for now. Uh, this is... This is that last game. Now, of course, that was against Cleveland, but it did sort of bring back shades of the the thoughts of the uh, dare I say his name, but Hernandez Gronkowski offense of a few years ago. Everybody looked good Um, in this last game. Cincinnati got taken to town by Prescott. So 
what's to tell what's to say that Tom Brady's not going to do the same thing start everyone again um, Hogan developed a good deep connection with Tom Brady um, he he did come out uh, in the game but then did go right back I think I think it was concussion precaution or something and then they put him right back in the game uh, for, for the next final snaps um, so he could be a, a legit deep play going forward in the season uh, the worst day of any of the offensive players was for LeGarrette Blunt who only had 37 yards but salvaged his day with a touchdown still had 18 carries this Despite throwing, you know, a ton, he still had n- near 20 carries. I mean, they're committed to running with Legarrette Blood at least for now. Yeah, the, the only other guy that you didn't mention here, uh, Julian Edelman. I wouldn't be freaking out too much if you own him. Uh, he was still pretty involved in this game. Just you know, really didn't get uh, a ton of work because they were up so much. Um, and then you know, to, to your point, they spread out the ball as well with. Uh, Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, and Malcolm Mitchell all playing different snaps. But um, the the real problem is that Julian Edelman had a lot of touchdowns last year as well, and I don't see him matching that production. Uh, for, for PPR, he's still a low-end wide receiver too. Uh, I just don't know that he gets as many targets as he did last year with everybody rolling on this offense. And then if you're a Gronk owner, uh, you're, you're certainly not disappointed for five catches for 109 yards. He was uh, a yard or two out from the red zone, or excuse me, from the end zone, and just couldn't uh, couldn't get those three guys off his back. I know, right? What um, a great play that was, too. He he had no business getting anywhere near the end zone, and he rumbles down the field for forty yards. He's, he's he's a tank. I mean, there's a reason he's my favorite player, and that's that's one of the reasons. Yeah, uh, Gronk's gonna Gronk. Don't don't worry about Bennett. He's not gonna be the only one scoring touchdowns. Uh, Gronk's gonna get his. But if you are a Bennett owner, he's a top five tight end. Uh, even with Gronkowski, uh, we see that the Patriots play a ton at twelve uh, with both tight ends on the field. They're both gonna be productive here. The Kill 'Em All Tour rolls on in in uh, Foxborough. Yeah, give me New England. Yes, sir. All right, next game here, Kansas City at Oakland coming off the bye. Uh, we'll see uh, Jamal Charles uh, hopefully play more. The triumphant return of Prince Charles. I've been waiting for him all year in one of my dynasty leagues, hurting, dying at running back in that league, unfortunately. Um, I personally think against Oakland that it should be a fine day to start Macklin, where Charles and Kelsey all versus Oakland. Um, I don't know what the workload split, split will be uh, with the running backs returning, but they are both very effective uh, pass-catching running backs versus a very weak defense. We know Alex Smith likes to get the ball out uh, on underneath routes to, to receivers not far from the – or even behind the line of scrimmage. And I really don't see a reason uh, that, that Andy Reid wouldn't want to give his his star running back, um, uh, Jamal Charles, every opportunity in the world to succeed and find a rhythm, um, while at the same time not detracting from the talent that they found in Spencer Ware this year. That guy, he's... You know he's he's money. He it's unfortunate for him that Jamal Charles is returning to this team because I think he's a he could be a workhorse back in any on any team in this league. Yeah, I think he could be, but uh, until uh, you know somebody gets the clear majority of touches here, I think that both Charles and Ware are just low end RB twos for me. I'm not sure how exactly the snaps are gonna get split in this game. Uh, we really haven't heard too much about Charles and his health, but. If he's healthy, then he's a uh, you know he's quickly going to ascend the rankings for running backs, especially in a year where things are just going crazy and, and a ton of guys are injured. 
uh, for oh, me. Oh yeah, th- this confidence is is purely is is almost purely Oakland defense driven. Don't get me wrong. If this was a reasonably good defense, then I'd be worried actually about both of these running backs just because of the unknown. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is Jeremy Macklin hasn't done great so far this year, but he's he's gotten the targets and he's he's you know been the victim of some pass interference calls and some drops. So I, I think that Macklin will still be fine. Uh, wide receiver too for sure uh, against a bad Oakland defense. I'm expecting all these looks that went to Conley and um, the other gentleman whose name escapes me right now. The the wide receiver three uh, will be filtered into the running backs. Yeah, and uh, on the Oakland side here, uh, I think you're starting Crabtree, you're starting Cooper, um, and then I just, I don't know about the running backs. I, only if you're desperate in PPR, I just think it's going to be a mess. Uh, we'll see if Latavius Murray plays, um, but it's just a, another terrible split like New York, and I, I don't want to touch any of them. Yeah, I, despite despite what Pittsburgh did against them, that was Le'Veon Bell's return game. They were out there to to send a message, prove a point. Oakland doesn't have that within them to do it just yet. Um, I expect KC to run this game out, limiting points scored and time of possession significantly for Oakland. Um, this is not a good week for that team, unfortunately. Uh, Cooper's a wide receiver, too, for me. Crabtree's a flex. Um, monitor Walford status in this game. Um, Kansas City isn't necessarily known to eliminate the tight end from the games, but Walford, of course, eliminated himself last week by not playing. Yeah. Um... That said, I will take Oakland. I think that Jack Del Rio has built a, a confident team, and I think that Oakland is good enough to contend with Kansas City and them being at home. Uh, I'll take the home team. I don't think his tricks are going to work against Kansas City. Give me, give me the Chiefs. We'll see. I, I think this Kansas City defense is not nearly as good without Justin Houston. True. Very true. Uh, but a big part in these Oakland wins are relying on these 50, 50 balls. These, uh, these gambling plays that, uh, as the red zone guy likes to call them blackjack Del Rio keeps throwing out there that, that fourth and one from like the 20 that Del Rio, instead of trying to go for the uh, first down, he has him chuck it in the end zone to uh crab tree. Great play fun to watch, but it's not going to turn up in your favor a hundred percent of the time. And, and, and he knows that. Yeah, but that said, uh, there's another team that goes for these uh, high-risk, high-reward plays, and they're the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're good enough to do it, and I think that Oakland has enough talent to you know, take these risky shots. Certainly. All right, next game is going to be Atlanta at Seattle, and who would have thought that week six, Atlanta at Seattle, and I wouldn't be 100% confident that Seattle's going to win this game. <laughs> Right. Atlanta looks tough right now. Uh, Pulled off, of course, that upset versus the undefeated Super Bowl champion, the no longer undefeated Super Bowl champion Broncos. Um, Like I said before, Julio was sort of shut down this game. Uh, Two catches for 29 yards. I almost always err on the side of starting your studs and first rounders. Um, I don't think you always starting Jones here, correct? Yeah, uh, I don't know that you can bench Julio Jones, but I will say as a as a Julio owner in multiple leagues, his target share is really concerning. Uh, thus far, through five weeks, uh, he's been targeted eight times, five times, seven times, uh, 15 times in that 300-yard game, and then six times this past week. Um, and it's really concerning because last year he averaged about a third of the team's targets, and now he's hovering at between 20 and 25%. Um, 
again, I, I think that part of it may have been, you know, co- coming back off of that ankle injury from the preseason the first couple of weeks. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't explain why he had one catch on seven targets against New Orleans. Um, and then I, I understand that Denver's secondary plays really tough and is really good in coverage. So I, I get why he had a down game here. Um, but the same can be said for Seattle. And I just, I think that Kyle Shanahan and, and Matt Ryan are, are, you know, content to chuck it around to whoever, especially with the two running backs really blown up this year. I, I'm concerned as a Julio owner. Uh, again, I, I don't know that I'm trading him for scraps, but maybe if you can get a slight downgrade, like if, if somebody doesn't fully believe in Marvin Jones and you can grab like Julio for Marvin Jones and, Jonathan Stewart, I, I would consider it. Yeah, I, I might, I might give it a look. Um, you're definitely starting him, of course, uh, with, without question. Um, I, I, if if I took him out of the game and watched him score three touchdowns, I, I just might off myself. Whereas if I played <laughs> him and he and he had a game like this, two catches for twenty yards, you know, those happen. Um, it's hard to value a trade like that, man. Hey, you know, Jonathan, Stu- what'd you say, Jonathan Stewart and? Tate or something Marvin Jones Marvin Jones yeah I mean a bona fide a bona fide one plus a plus a running back too that's probably pretty decent value as a matter of fact um yeah it's scary it's weird I it's like it's almost like these offensive coordinators are this year are telling their their quarterbacks hey spread the ball around so that you know we don't get our guys killed this could also be an early season thing you know maybe if it was closer to the playoffs or something or in the playoffs or more important games they're they're feeding the guys more who knows we've got we've got a lot of games left in the season to see what happens um this this last game of course was mostly due to the running back usage um speaking of which coleman you know as as expected was kept to a smaller amount of work in depth Denver, uh, but it didn't matter because he is a tank of a player and an absolute phenom. Uh, six carries only for 31 yards, four catches for 132 yards and a touchdown certainly maintained his value on the day. Um, Freeman was was the bell cow for the day. 23 carries, 88 yards and a touchdown. You've got to keep starting them both. They're dynamic talents who can both catch and run. Uh, the, the Falcons did a really good job finding two really good running backs for their system. Yeah, it's it's Ryan, Julio, and the running backs, and you can't rely on any of the other pass catchers right now. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can. I don't know how many times I can keep rolling Matt Ryan out against the, out there. It all depends on what quarterbacks are available. But Matt Ryan, I mean, he's he's the sort of guy that maintains no level of consistency over a season. Right, and I don't love him against Seattle, but uh, in general, I'm saying for Atlanta, those are the four guys that you're starting. Oh yeah, definitely. Sanu looked great that one week, but then quickly came back down to earth. Yeah, and then the Seattle side here, uh, I'll let you take this because I don't really have all that much to say. I think I'm going to agree with uh, what you're what, what you're, you're going to say about Seattle here. Probably. Uh, Wilson's a no-brainer start. Rawls again expected to miss the game. Late, latest word is he's expected to miss all of October. So I hope you found another option. If you drafted Rawls, uh, Michael's a borderline uh, running back one for me here, Graham and Baldwin start them with confidence. Um, Seattle's had two weeks to prepare. They've watched this Atlanta team. They've seen ways to, to bookend uh, stop Julio Jones. They've seen what doesn't work against Julio Jones. Of course um, they're going to come up prepared. I think Seattle's going to win this game at home. 
Yeah, um, I have very little to add. Uh, I agree with your calls on Wilson, uh, Michael, Graham, and Baldwin. Uh, the one thing I will say just to monitor in deeper leagues, Tyler Lockett, uh, the reports were that he had a minor PCL tear, um, and that's why he hasn't seen quite as much usage and maybe hasn't been as dynamic as we're used to seeing him. Uh, if he if he starts to look healthy, uh, especially after the bye week, I, I think he could sneak back into that wide receiver three or flex category, uh, especially with defenses focused on covering Doug Baldwin and Jimmy Graham now. Love Tyler Lockett. He'll be better than Doug Baldwin in his prime. Oh, for sure. But uh, until we see the target share change, uh, you certainly can't start him. No, 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 not this year. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll take Seattle, but I don't think it's a lock. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Not uh, not jumping on this game in survivor pool or anything. Um, but but it, but that's the way it's going to go. All right, uh, back to uh, back down to the NFC. Well, I guess this is an divisional game. Dallas at Green Bay. Yeah, um, I, I really really hope that Des Bryant is healthy for this game. Uh, I want to see him catch an actual touchdown in this game. That or you know a, a large. A portion of people that uh, believe that he caught that 30-yard pass from Tony Romo. Uh, what, was it last year or two years ago? It was it was two years ago. Uh, hashtag Des caught it, and I still believe Des Bryant caught it. Um, but it's you know the the league-wide conspiracy. You know Goodell loves the Packers. He keep he loves keeping them winning and keeping them in the playoffs and giving them every chance to succeed. Yeah, this is an interesting matchup here because it's kind of like uh, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object because the Dallas offensive line and Zeke Elliott are just rolling they are on fire and then the green bay defensive line they are one of the best run defenses in the league right now so that that's going to be a really interesting showdown to watch should be a really good matchup um you know who else has a pretty solid line cincinnati um i think we're going to see a very similar outcome this game as to what happened uh, in cincinnati and that was uh, ezekiel elliott trouncing the defense for 130 yards and two scores now I'm, i'd fade him a little bit maybe one touchdown and you know, 96 yards, but, but I'm expecting another very solid day for him. Um, you know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. And I can fully admit that I was, that I was wrong in being so, uh, bearish on Ezekiel Elliott coming into this season. Yeah. And, uh, I like Cole Beasley here, uh, especially in PPR. Uh, we saw that, uh, there were targets that were catchable there for, uh, the, the giants this past week, if Eli had been more accurate and same with, uh, Jason Witten on those short intermediate routes, um, and then Dak Prescott, uh, he's been he's been a startable fantasy quarterback the last few weeks, and if you need to stream him against Green Bay, I, I think it's fine. Yeah, um, there, there's I certainly see no problem with it. Now, don't be mad. Don't don't get you know mad at us if he goes out and has a rookie quarterback week. We just saw what happened to Carson Wentz. We've seen what Jared Goff hasn't done for the entire season. Rookie quarterbacks aren't aren't meant to have success for over a long period of time. Um, they're, they're rookie season in the NFL, um, so anything could happen. But he's looked he's looked really good. Added a rushing touchdown, no interceptions yet. Um, had his first turnover, the fumble. Um, if there's one thing for me to add, uh, if Al Morris isn't owned by 
talented owner. He, he needs to be owned. This, this line is just like you said, really driving this production. They, they are phenomenal. Um, one reason that I was more concerned about going ahead and uh, diving in on Elmore's earlier in the season and the preseason and drafts is because I wasn't sure what the status would be with Darren McFadden coming back and supplementing this run game. Um, th- there's no words about him coming back anytime soon. And, and Elmore's has been getting, you know, he has been spelling Ezekiel Elliott and he's looked effective doing it. Yeah, and uh, to your point about Prescott potentially turning into a pumpkin in this game, uh, Dom Capers, <laughs> the, the defensive coordinator for Green Bay, certainly knows how to dial up those blitzes and, and show different packages and confuse even experienced quarterbacks. So it's certainly possible uh, that Prescott could struggle. Um, but at the same time, I think that offensive line is going to give him enough time to throw even against uh, blitz packages, and, and he's shown calm under pressure. So I, I still like him. Uh, but on the Green Bay side, Aaron Rodgers uh, looked just bad at home against a beatable New York Giants defense. Um, and then Eddie Lacy, uh, supposedly he has a mild high ankle sprain. She might be ready for this week. Um, hopefully he is for a couple of teams where I really need him. But, um, you know, I... I don't I don't love James Starks uh, even if he plays, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, even if Eddie Lacy doesn't play. Um, he just hasn't looked great. And I guess he's an RB2 on pure volume if, if uh, Lacey's out. In his history, uh, backing up Lacey, though, he has looked better in the games where he gets significant volume when he's on a roll. I, I know, you know, it's an old adage or an old cliche. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's a real thing. Maybe it's not a real thing. But he is one of those, in my opinion, um, wor- workload dependent running backs. And if Lacey's out this game, I think I think you can start him with fair enough high end running back to confidence. OK, that's fair. I do think that Starks is one of those runners that needs to quote unquote get hot. Yeah. Um, the, these wide receivers Cobb surprised me actually with nine catches for 108 yards. I had all but written them off. Um, Nelson productive despite only 38 uh, yards, but the touchdown, um, how long are you going to keep doubting me and Devante Adams as ownable 85 yards, a touchdown. Um, if you can own the guy like Anunwa, who's the number three tight, uh, number three wide receiver on, on that team. Um, even if Decker's back, then why not Devonte Adams, who's in definitely a better offense? You know, uh, I was thinking about that during the game last night, actually, and then that's fair. Um, maybe, maybe I just hated Devonte Adams too much uh, after he struggled to produce last year. Um, he has looked better, still has some drops, uh, still running some bad routes here and there. But I understand your point, and and I agree. I, I think he's flex worthy right now. Uh, he's being targeted and. I think he's a fine bye week villain or a wide receiver three flex option. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he's that great. I'm just, you know, remember a few years ago, uh, it was, oh, wow, it's probably like eight years ago now, unfortunately. Um, it was the same year where Matt Flynn made his contract money. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is out there. And, um, oh, gosh, the guys had just retired. Greg Jennings had just moved on. I'm on green and moved out. Or no, uh, wow, I'm, I'm, I've got the wrong names. But it was like, Oh, wow, I really can't think of him. But they were a bunch of nobodies playing wide receiver, and Jordy Nelson had not broken out yet, but he was there. And Rodgers just made it happen. He's just really that good. I wish it wasn't true, but he is. Yeah, um, that said, I think I'm taking Dallas in this game. Dallas, Dallas, so hot right now. 
Dallas. Uh, Green Bay's offense is just not clicking. Um, if we were in the playoffs, give me Green Bay all day. They'll have it figured out by then, and they do not lose in the playoffs. Um, but I'll take Dallas for right now. Um, it's it's really going to be a darn shame when Tony Romo gets almost healthy and he just sweeps Prescott right out of the lineup. I, I think that Romo will be the starter, but I don't know if he should be, but we'll we'll leave that discussion to uh, when when we get closer to that date. Uh, it's certainly possible that Rommel gets hurt between now and then, so we won't devote too <laughs> much true. time that, to that. that. That is very true. Yeah, uh, Prescott's phenomenal. I I like him. I like him a lot. I, how did everybody miss on him in the draft? It's 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 abhorrent. It's disgusting. What what are the Bears doing in their front office? But that's neither here nor there. Um, Sunday night football. Da, 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 well, da. Um, before we get to Sunday night football, real quick, the one thing about Prescott is, would he look this good though if his offensive line weren't as dominant as it was in Dallas? So that's no, the one thing. no, no, definitely not. But I mean, he's getting the job done, and that's what superstars do. Yeah. Uh, speaking of superstars, quote unquote, Indy at Houston, oh. uh, Andrew Luck looked good against Chicago, but uh, how do you think he'll do against Houston? I'm over the hype on Andrew Luck. Uh, first overall pick, yada, yada. Phenomenal is rookie season. I'm, I'm really over it. Um, he looked OK against an awful team. Um, Houston is a better defense than Chicago, but they're also not a great defense without J.J. Watt, unfortunately. Um, that's why Watt was the defensive MVP because he elevated that team and made them phenomenal. Uh, Gore's getting all the important carries here. 14 carries of the 16 running back carries. He's locked in for a running back as a running back too. For me in Moncrief's absence, Hilton is becoming a beast um, reclaiming himself uh, before Moncrief returns. If you want, you can stand pat with him, of course, but if you see an opportunity, I would sell, I would sell, uh, What's his name? Sorry. Uh, Hilton High, like the week before Moncrief returns or something. Um, but write him for now. 10, 10 catches, 171 yards and a touchdown. Another huge disappointment for me is Philip Dorsett. Two catches, 26 yards. He's not worth an own in a shallow league, despite this this juicy uh, matchup against this, this beat-up Houston defense. Um, I expect Hopkins to bust out this week, so Luck will again need to throw a lot here. It's just really unreliable to say that it's going to go to Philip Dorsett. Um, Allen had the bigger week of the two tight ends this week, so we can we can all put, you know, Doyle back O'Doyle back on the shelf. Um O'Doyle doesn't rule, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, sorry to break the news. Um somebody's gonna have to catch passes, and I think it might just be TY Hilton for another fifteen catches this game. Yeah, I, I think that the game script is setting up for TY Hilton to have a really nice game. Um but I think it's fifty fifty here. The last few games against Houston specifically, Hilton has struggled. Uh, but and then prior to that, he's had you know his 200 yard game against Houston. I think he'll be fine, uh, but I don't expect him to be to do quite as well as he did against Chicago. Uh, maybe you know just under 100 yards uh, and 50 50 on a touchdown. I just, especially at Houston in prime time with Bill O'Brien and Brock Osweiler looking to come back after a really disappointing week against the Vikings. Um, I think I think the Texans are going to come out and play well. They made the Vikings look like a phenomenal offense. That's sort of difficult to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, without uh, Stefan Diggs, without Adrian Peterson. Okay. Um, that's a fair point. Um, again, I don't hate T.Y. Hilton. I just, uh, I, I think he's very up and down against Houston for whatever reason. Um, 
but on the Houston side, uh, you know, just got crushed, crushed by Minnesota. Yeah. Um, dominated. Uh, Osweiler is easily stopped by good defenses. This, 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 we know now, um, of which Indianapolis is not, uh, Lamar Miller still held. Now, he was taken out by the game flow versus Minnesota, which was very weird to me. He's a good pass catcher, a dynamic talent, a Devontae Freeman type of, ta- you know, a three, three down back sort of talent. Um, whatever. I guess that's just Houston. Um, he'll be good this week. I'm starting him. I'm starting Hopkins. Of course, I'm starting Fuller against this Indianapolis secondary. Um, Jalen strong got nine targets. I think that was purely the byproduct of the Minnesota defense and Xavier Rhodes locking down on the, the actual talent on the, on the Houston side of the ball. Um, I still no faith in any of the tight ends here. Yeah, I think you've pretty much covered it. Uh, I think this game is a good game to stream Osweiler if uh, he's available in your league. And uh, yeah, Miller, Hopkins, and Fuller should all be pretty good against Indy. I'll grab, take... Fuller, grab Fuller in a daily, still stay. Those those bad weeks are keeping him undervalued. Yeah, um, I agree with that for sure, especially uh, you know with a lot of attention focused on DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, after he had a, a decent garbage time game, I guess, uh, against Minnesota. Yep. Uh, I will take the home team, Houston, here. Give me Houston, 34-30. Wow, okay. Uh, I think that's a little higher than I'm expecting it to be, but uh, I, I can garbage see Garbage defenses everywhere. Okay, yeah, I could see it. Um, the only reason it wouldn't is if Andrew Luck is just... I, I don't know, but... Do you, are you on board with me on Andrew Luck? Like I'm, I'm just over him being subpar. I think he wakes up in the fourth quarter, but that I guess that's really all they ask for him to do is manage the game and then beat them in the fourth quarter. That's really all you have to do to win games in the NFL. So maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm going too far. I don't know. Monday night football. Yeah, I'm. Tr- I'm trying to think of a good comp for Andrew Luck, but I, I just can't right now. But I, I agree. I think he's. He's a still very good, talented quarterback, but I don't think he's of the elite tier where he can just make it happen on his own. I'd sell him in a dynasty. Uh, it depends what you can get. Um, if people are still valuing him as a as a top two, top three quarterback, then yes, I would sell him at that price. Um, but I, I think he's still a QB one in dynasty for sure. Oh, in a dynasty, definitely a QB one. But I, I, I think I wouldn't think twice about selling him for like Dak Prescott and some other solid player. Okay, um, I think that's fair. Certainly depends on your needs, especially in a one QB league. You can you can get away without having a, an elite uh, week in week out top ten guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty wide end, wide open ended question, huh? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Monday night game: uh, New York Jets at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, uh, right off the bat, I'll say, give me the Cardinals. Yes, uh, give me the Cardinals at Monday Night Football at home. Um, but like I said, Fitz, Fitzgerald, Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, uh, three intercept, six interceptions two weeks ago, three interceptions this last week, zero interceptions this week. Just like I called it, I wish I could have won some money on that because that's that's pretty phenomenal out of out of out of Georgia Los over here. Um, Powell's getting more work each and every week. Hope you didn't drop him. Um, this is it, almost exactly what I was telling you coming into the season. Forte would dominate early on. They want to see what they're doing with their shiny new toy and then slowly but surely work Powell in, get Powell more touches. Um, uh, four carries for 10 yards plus six catches on 40. That makes him a solid flex play in PPR. But by, by my count, uh, that's 
11 points out of your flex, out of a backup quote-unquote running back. Forte is still, of course, the lead back and a running back two against this Arizona offense. Um, watch for Eric Decker to return, hopefully. He might not this game again, um, but regardless, if, whether he's there or not, I, I do like Marshall. I do like Quincy Inunua. I, I, I really like what this guy kid's been showing me. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins got two catches. Maybe he'll reinvent himself in the Meadowlands. I don't know. Yeah, if you can still buy on Brand Marshall, I would be. Um, he's he's gotten double digit targets the last three games. Uh, Decker out is only going to continue to boost that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's all I really have to add about the New York Jets. Um, the Arizona side here, uh, Carson Palmer uh, sounds like he should be ready for this game. Um, hope it definitely would be a different game script if he's not, but uh, I'm expecting Palmer to play. Uh, David Johnson, you're you're starting him. There's not even a question. Uh, Monster. Yeah, it's just uh, wow. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, that's. That's what LaShawn McCoy has the potential to do this week, right? Yep, definitely. Um, yeah, and then, I have zero worry about Ellington or, or Steph, Stephen Taylor cutting into his work. They were there in the game to spell him, but you know you, you've got to give the guy a breather here and there. Um, Twenty-seven carries, three catches on six on six targets. You know you, you can't overwork the poor guy this early in the season. Yeah, and then uh, the other thing is. Um, the wide receivers here, uh, Larry Fitzgerald's yeah. still fine, but Michael Floyd, he's he's been losing snaps so uh, every week. Um, I think that he's nearing the droppable part. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll give him one more week personally, but uh, I, I think that he's just been struggling. Uh, we've seen even Jerron Brown playing some high leverage snaps over him. Um, and then the other thing is I think John Brown, uh, he's a buy low for me right now because he struggled again, but with Carson Palmer back and him playing, you know, the vast majority of snaps, I think John Brown is, is primed for a true breakout, uh, breakout game here. I love John Brown. I bought him in a dynasty two weeks ago, um, before, before that big week, actually, um, cause I would not have been able to get him after that, uh, big week. Um, so, so good thing that that happened. Um, start Larry while Stanton's in. I can't start either or two if, if Carson Palmer doesn't start. That's just the way it sits for me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all depend on Carson Palmer outside of uh, David Johnson, of course. Yep, still nothing exciting from the tight ends. And yeah. there never will be in uh, in Arizona. <laughs> no, not as long as Bruce Arians is there, at least. Yes, sir. Alright, so uh, you want to go over the bye week teams real quick? Absolutely. We've got Minnesota coming in on a bye after a, after a hard-fought, well-earned victory. Of course, uh, get another extra week for McKinnon to relax, Diggs, Rudolph. Um, none of these guys really are guys that you drafted into the season uh, looking to start. So hopefully you still have the options you were using before you were using them. Um, Tampa Bay will be on a bye this week with Winston. Of course, uh, this gives Doug Martin an extra week to come back. And the, the thought and look was that he would be coming back the week after the bye. Um, so if, if you're looking to buy on on Doug Martin, if you've got an owner of him that that doesn't pay that close of attention to to injuries or bye weeks or anything like that, um, and is frustrated with the running back production, try try and buy him. Um, I know I'm going to try in one of my leagues. Um, Sims placed on the IR. Jack his riders getting the work this game. Admittedly, I've not been able to watch the Tampa Bay game as closely as I would have liked, and we are in halftime right now, so I can't comment on it right now. But I have seen Jameis Winston flinging the ball 
uh, in the general vicinity of Mike Evans a billion times, connecting roughly zero of them. Um, Cameron Brait, to me, is a tight end one going forward. Uh, just for that reason of Jameis Winston liking to fling the balls at people quite often. And sometimes they come down with things. Imagine that. Uh, in Minnesota, this Thielen kid, seven catches, 170 yards and a touchdown. Is this worth an ad or is this like a Bears merit situation? Wait and see. No, um, I don't think he's worth an ad. Diggs will be back. And I just don't think that that offense is going to be uh, that productive every week like they were against Houston. Um, he's, owned, he's owned in a deep dynasty league of mine with you know 30-man rosters. But outside of deep leagues like that, I don't think Thielen uh, is going to be an every week option. Uh, the, one, the one other guy here on bye that uh, should have been picked up already before tonight's game, but if he wasn't, uh, Jaquiz Rogers, uh, he, he's been a workhorse so far tonight. And, of course, uh, assuming Doug Martin is back after the bye week, he will be the starter and the RB1 there. But um, Rodgers will likely assume that Charles Sims role, and he could have flex value in PPR even after Martin's back. Another bear making uh, making use for himself on another team. Um, why don't you take us into some streaming options? Yeah, um, if you were if you were streaming Bradford or rolling with Jameis Winston uh, again, Brock Osweiler against Indy if he's available. We saw what Brian Hoyer did to that Colts defense, um, and then speaking of Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer uh, against Jacksonville, another beatable secondary like the Colts. Um, we mentioned earlier Dak Prescott against Green Bay. Uh, their run defense is much better than their secondary, which is vulnerable, and Prescott has yet to show signs of hitting that rookie wall. Um, and then Marcus Mariota had a huge game this past week, and he gets Cleveland next. I wouldn't expect another 30-point day, but he should have a nice week. Um, at running back, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I like Chris Thompson against Philadelphia. We saw what Theo Riddick uh, did to them against, uh, against that defense through the air. And then a couple of wide receivers, Michael Thomas and Anquan Bolton, both uh, those slot guys, um, both against uh, beatable secondaries. And Michael Thomas, Drew Brees likes targeting him in the red zone. And Anquan Bolden uh, likes, uh, or excuse me, uh, Matthew Stafford likes targeting Anquan Bolden in the red zone as well. So I think both uh, could get a touchdown this coming week. And then tight ends, uh, we saw Hunter Henry was involved and still the primary downfield tight end threat, even with Antonio Gates back. Um, he's still unowned in a lot of leagues. I think he's a great tight end streamer. Might maybe even a, a high end tight end too uh, every week. Uh, you know, even with Gates back, and then Zach Miller getting a ton of targets from Brian Hoyer. Still not owned in a good amount of leagues. Yeah, just to re-review some injuries that are going on. Steve Smith Sr., of course, tweaked the ankle. Keep an eye on that going forward. Um, Chris Hogan came out with a concussion, returned in the same game. Um, the only thing to monitor there is there's something called post-concussive syndrome. Um, just make sure that he does practice throughout the week. But I think he is definitely worth a flex or a deep play start. Heck, even a daily sort of start uh, in, in a league this week um, where New England should should dominate yet again. Uh, Latavius Murray with the ever dreaded turf toe, the thing that put a hamper on significant portion of uh, Ladanian Tomlinson's um, uh, final third of his career, unfortunately. Um, Eddie Lacy, keep an eye on him. And if you, you're a Lacy owner and you don't own Starks, you you better go grab James Starks. Um, he's my number one running back ad for the week. Um, other running backs of note that that should be added in leagues or owned in leagues for Zeke owners have Al Morris on hand. Um, and for uh, Derrick Henry, I'm sorry, for DeMarco Murray owners have Derrick Henry on hand. Uh, wide receivers we mentioned of note, Sammy Coates, 
Brandon LaFell, Jeremy Curley, I like more than Mung likes, Daniel Doriel Green Beckham, Mung likes more than I like, I think. And then just keep those names, Thielen and Meredith, in the back of your head. But don't go rushing out anywhere. Maybe click the star or the flag next to their name just so you don't forget about them completely. But don't go wasting a spot for them yet. Yeah, just a couple names to add there. I think the one other um, handcuff upside running back uh, that's a must-own at this point, if he's not already, is Bilal Powell. Uh, we mentioned him. Um, and then the other one is Devontae Adams. To Los's point, uh, he's getting the targets and he's producing and uh, he's, he's worth a pickup. You can go ahead and drop a Golden Tate out of the uh, NFC North for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, okay, well, that is going to wrap up our show for tonight, uh, which is perfect timing because the Cubs are playing the Giants and I will be watching that game. Um, and then uh, good luck to everybody in week six. Uh, man, I, I mean, my team's been struggling the, these last couple of weeks, and I know, Los, uh, you've been having some issues as well. So uh, keep vigilant on the waiver wire. Uh, the season is still uh, far from over. Uh, whether, you know, you're, what, one and four, two and three, uh, there's likely a lot of teams in, in, a, in a similar boat in your leagues right now. So it's all about keeping keeping the faith and continuing to work that waiver wire. People make completely absurd ads and drops to fill holes for their bye weeks, especially inexperienced players. And while I'm not saying to, to take advantage of them um, there, there, there's rules in leagues, you know, um, if you see somebody you want that they drop because they, they shouldn't have, you, you go and get them. You spend, you spend your fab budget, you spend your waiver pick for them and uh, you, you reap the benefits, especially if you need to turn your team around. Yeah, um, and the one other thing that I'll mention, uh, a word of general advice, uh, certainly we want guys like Alfred Morris, uh, uh, Derek Henry, these handcuff guys, but if you are 2-3 and three, or if you are 1-4 and four and you need production and wins now, um, you can drop those guys for people that you need for your bye weeks because if, if you're not going to make the playoffs, those guys aren't going to help you then. That's absolutely right, and you could even go out of your way if you already own them, Please sell them to their owner. Um, you can you can tell point to Eddie Lacy this week and say, "Do you want that to happen to you? You want to be stuck without your handcuff, and you're gonna go digging into free agency and start uh, Chris Thompson this week or something like that." <laughs> well, I would be happy to start Chris Thompson this week, but uh, right, you, want, you want to be starting Joyke Bell? <laughs> okay, fair. Um, yeah, but uh, as always, everything is uh, dependent on your specific team situation. And if you do have more of those specific questions for us, we're happy to answer them on Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M E N G. You can, of course, find me at FFA underscore Los. L-O-S. You can uh, find our producer, Dan Green, at FFA underscore Dan, D-A-N, Dan. Um, leave him a comment. Subscribe, of course. And then, of course, uh, follow the page. Follow the uh, Fantasy Football Addicts. Like us on Facebook. Um, you can uh, also go ahead, rate and review us in the iTunes store and uh, subscribe to the podcast so that everything automatically downloads for you. Uh, that's the Purple Podcasting app or the iTunes store, Fantasy Football Addicts. Yeah, and uh, we are also available on Google Play and on SoundCloud, whatever is easiest for you to listen to. Um, and as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.